Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I am James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going to the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Uh, James, I just want to point out something to you real quick, is that the last two episodes we've recorded back to back, I have not needed the script, and I feel good about that. Very nice, very nice. I'm getting to the job. point where I don't need it. I feel like I'm going to keep using it on many episodes yeah. from now, but like, it's good to know that if I like, if under pressure, if I couldn't use it, yeah, I, I could do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm and speaking, I'm both proud of you and happy for you. Oh, that's good. Thank you. So, uh, Colin, it's a little bit of a whiplash situation coming into this episode because we ended our last oh, yeah? episode with, uh, Captain Carter fighting a Kraken into a portal. Mm. Uh, she and the crew attacked Castle Kraken and uh, the Red Skull released a Kraken from a portal and she fought it back with a sword and disappeared. So, you know, take that and rewind it back. Uh, we're going to go knock on some front doors. Um, yeah, that's an Usher reference. You're going to start at one hour, 31 minutes and 54 seconds and you're going to end at almost exactly two minutes later at one hour, 33 minutes and 51 seconds. And here is the synopsis direct from the MCU wiki. It's not in the synopsis of the movie. It is in the synopsis of the event, the attack on the Hydra base. So here you go. Captain America approached Hydra headquarters on his motorcycle before reaching the gate. Rogers was spotted by six Hydra soldiers on motorbikes. Rogers used his motorcycle's weapons to kill the soldiers and continued to the gate. With the gate blockaded by a Hydra mini tank and several cannons, Rogers attached his shield to the front of the motorcycle to block the cannon fire before destroying the armored vehicle with his motorcycle's rocket launchers. After jumping the gate and setting off the motorcycle's self-destruct, Rogers pointed it toward the door and jumped off. The motorcycle successfully blew the door, blew the door, and Rogers began to fight the Hydra soldiers, taking out several soldiers taking out several soldiers rogers was cornered by soldiers with flamethrowers surrounded and forced to surrender before i ask you what you thought of this scene i had forgotten that that is how this scene ends and i was like he, because i was thinking of captain carter where she just fucking wrecks shop mm -hmm. um he, he and i know that this is the plan right but but it makes him feel inferior. He's like he lost. It, what what is this? Right. <laughs> some some you know World War II vet walking by as I'm watching this is like, what is he doing? He's, you don't oh, come on. Right. You know what are you French? You bring a Dernier's second like, bike hey. in your pocket. What, Grandpa? What do you mean? Yeah. Um, Grandpa, it's not a video game. You can't just put it in your inventory. Well, it should be. Grandpa is like a really big gamer. Um, he loves Minecraft. He's like, how many blocks could it possibly take up? Just put it down. Yeah, he he, he loves Minecraft. He got real burned by Final Fantasy um, 2 because... Mm. He also actually is like really into like D&D &D where he's like, he's like, I don't... Like, listen, the way our homebrew D&D uh, &D, uh, Dungeon Master always did, he never worried about inventory weight. So just put the damn motorcycle <laughs> in your pocket, Captain Rogers. And it's like... Dad, you have to understand that a motorcycle weighs, you know, more than what even a barbarian yeah. uh, or a fighter could carry. Brennan Lee Mongan um, comes bursting through the wind, through the wall, and it's like, no. 
He's Actually, like, uh, that would that would that would have your moving speed. Uh, <laughs> so Captain Rogers would not be able to attack that many people, even with uh, attacks of opportunity. Uh, so I'm gonna say that this scene makes uh, canonical sense only if he doesn't have a motorcycle in his pocket. Get in the comments. <laughs> and I think we can all agree that the motorcycle is representing capitalism here. Uh, you know, right. Just a really yeah, intense. Exactly. Allegorically accurate, yeah, uh, like yeah. yeah, message, and you're like, wait, whoa, whoa, that wasn't part of the camp, the thing. And he's like, <laughs> listen, I just think that if you think that the blockchain's the future, then you're going, then you fucking lost it, you know. <laughs> I have a question for you, Colin. What, Colin? What did you think okay. of this, uh, of this, of this scene? I, I actually really love this scene because to yeah. me, it is like the culmination of the montage that we discussed earlier. Yes. Like you see basically every moment of his training yes. come into action in this scene. Um, it is like you get uh all these, you know, great little things like him thinking quick, thinking on his feet. It's not like he knew from the get-go there's gonna be exactly six of them and they're gonna be on my heels from this point to this point. So here's how right. many weapons I need to bring. No, that's not what he does at all. He just has things on him. But I also think that he knows that like, as long as he can keep them off of his back long enough, he'll be fine anyway. But I do love the fact that because the shield is on his back and they try to shoot him, I love the fact that the blast can only go directly at his back. Like it right. can't manage to grab his leg, go right. over his head and hit get him tire. in the helmet. Yeah, hit exactly. the tire. Exactly. It's it's only directly at his back. So, so it's exactly basically a target. Protects. I can't exactly. help well, but I mean, shoot at the target. Yeah. yeah. He's like, stop auto-locking on. Like, then stop giving a target, you know? <laughs> He's like, no, hubris or whatever, or however technology works. I don't know. Um, but I, I really love this scene because, uh, so we'll come back to the motorcycle thing in just a brief second. Yeah. But I want to talk the, about the, the weapon scene, system on, on the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to as well. <laughs> uh, and also just the way that sequence of operations works. So when he jumps the, 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 the canyon in a way, right? I mean, it's not a canyon, right. but you know what I'm saying? He, he takes that moment to go up the ramp yeah. and just Tony Hawk it. And he sets it off on its own way. And now he's on his feet, right? And he's running around. It is fucking cool when they fully and like finally get to the point where he is beating people up. Boom, boom, boom. Pow, using the shield, both like as like it's attached to him and he's using it like a kind of like a physical like battering ram in a way. Right. Like sure. batter up, boom. But then also he sees the people up ahead running in a different, like to try and flank. So he takes it off and knows, okay, hit, hit, and it goes ding, 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 ding. And like, you know, bounces off multiple things and thump, you know, takes them out and comes back to him. Like seeing him fully understanding how to use it. Cause we talked about how yep. it goes from just, it's only ever attached to him to a very clumsy throw and catch. Right. To, oh, it hits a couple targets. Right. And now it's, bouncing off of multiple objects before right. hitting multiple people and then coming back to him. Right. And like a not not an effort whatsoever to get it back. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So like it's it's cool to see like he is finally after two years of doing this um and you know countless missions and all this other stuff, like no matter how tired he is and no matter how much he's got, like he's on point. Yeah. And he's like he's at his at least for this movie, he's at his peak. The, the, the yeah. odometer flips over to 10,000 hours right as he jumps over into the into the the base. And he's like, ah, good. Thank goodness. I'm an expert now. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all about the 10,000 miles that you drive. Yeah. Um, in which case, I am definitely an expert. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the fight sequence, although very short, is very yeah. cool and very it's very fast. Yeah. And I think it does show a little bit, though, of like what that hit skill is for him, though. Mm -hmm. Like, it is a thing of if he wasn't purposefully allowing himself to get caught. Yeah. You would see so much more of that. Right. Because he is like he is faster than all of them and stronger than all of them. And so, like, as they scramble to, like, get into action or get into motion, he's a step ahead of them. And he yeah. can be because he's smarter, faster, stronger. Um, and uh, yes, James? Do you know the movie The Fugitive very well? Have we talked about The Fugitive? We've talked about it before. There's a scene where Tommy Lee Jones and his, like, people are talking to this doctor about Harrison Ford's character, Dr. Mm -hmm. Richard Kimball. And he, uh, the guy's like... Um, He's, you know, he's the smartest man I know. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, well, you know, what about us? We're we're pretty we're pretty smart among us. You know, we're pretty smart. You know, is he is he as smart as you? And he's like, smarter. And like you're supposed to be like, whoa. Right. I just imagined a full scene where it's Phillips, Rogers, and Carter talking to Zola about Red Skull. And it played out exactly correct and exactly line for line. Schmata. Like, ugh. Mm -hmm. So that was just a brief little what yeah, if yeah. what if what if the red skull was the fugitive <laughs> right and he goes uh he he says to them he's like oh he is 60% you know more uh, smarter than me because you know 60% in all factories right right, right uh, yes all, all the output is uh exact to his mental capacity right um that's what it is plus zola only uh, knows how to respond in percentages no matter what the question is mm -hmm. how's like how's our first bites tonight Oh, 25% better than last time. Good. Right. Good, good. And he's like, how scared are you of Red Skull? A hundred percent. Even 110%? That is not physically possible. He's like, he's like it is not numerically possible, but <laughs> emotionally, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Anyways, okay, yeah, let's, get to the, let's get to the scene where they're on the speeder bikes of Endor. I mean, I'm sorry. Right. Where they're... On the motorcycles yeah. in Germany. James Bond has been outfitted with a uh, a Q-approved Endor, Endor land speeder. Yes. Like, the, I mean, the weapon system feels almost exactly the, the same. It, I actually was like, did I miss a scene with Q where Howard Stark, who is literally right. Q, um, Howard Q Stark, should have shown him the bike. Or we should have seen the like. It's weird well, that the bike he's, now he's has driven it before, though. But does, we have but, seen it in previous scenes. Yet we haven't seen it use the weapons. Yeah. But I'm going to assume that in that montage, it has to be that they gave him these things. Yeah. Because you know, like when we see him suit up at the beginning of that montage, and he puts all those weapons on, and then he gets on the bike. Surely that stuff is on the bike by that point. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Don't leave yet, Rogers. And uh, Stark comes and he has puts just it up the little and has to like screw drive it in like those like plastic yeah. things where you have to screw drive like the the, the ring together it's right like, hang yeah, on yeah. hang on hang on okay hold on and he's like oh I crap think, i dropped i thing. just had a whole cool scene <laughs> he's like you know what would be great is if they made uh screwdrivers that have magnetic tips oh wait a minute wait i'm gonna minute. write that down <laughs> write that down <laughs> okay um yeah i but i think it's Rogers funny that pulls out his little notepad writes it underneath the monkey <laughs> magnetic <laughs> screwdriver question mark marvin gay question mark um <laughs> too soon i think that 
it's funny that we didn't see it because it means that it's like check like it's a different kind of gun than Chekhov's gun because it's a secret gun that could do anything because we haven't seen what it can do. The motorcycle can literally it's like Schrodinger's gun where until you open it up, it could be any kind of gun, like right. rocket gun, a, a little uh, garroting wired gun. Like right. ro- it has rocket launch. Like I'm like, wow, this bike has that. Why, why are we not using this bike more? Maybe the bike should be Captain America. I can't. It's not a good person. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's cold. And, and tired. Collecting? No. Uh, boo. Sorry, I spoke too soon. Why it falls over. Spoke. That's why it falls over without, you know, Captain America to stand there for it. You know? Yeah. He has to stand it for the only bikes two wheels, of the it's world. Too tired. Yeah. I stood for nothing, so my bike fell over. Anyways. <laughs> that's enough. Um, hey, uh, so uh, I did want to talk about the Wilhelm scream that we hear in this scene. Mm-hmm. Would now be a time when you would want when you'd be receptive yeah, to that? Let's 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 talk about the Wilhelm. Actually, real quick, actually, I, because we talked about the weapons, but we didn't actually break it down. Yes. Do yes, we yes. mind if we just real quick just mention what he uses? Sure. So he starts off by doing these twin wire rope things which sort of act as like a clothesline not for the first right. pair not for the second pair but for the third pair of soldiers right because they they're too far back to really know what's happening yeah. why are they ducking so down whoa prepared. um then he uses a gas like a rocket booster i guess mm-hmm. to uh light one or two probably two of them on fire and then and then he uses his rocket launcher for the tank. Am I skipping one? So, okay. So he does. Okay. Hang on one second. Actually, I can tell you exactly what he uses. So what he does is, is he uses the, the wire. Yeah. Two of them get like clotheslined. Right. Then he uses uh, flames to both go faster than them, but also to sort of, he sets one guy on fire. Right. Um, and then what happens is, is this is where the Wilhelm scream comes in. Right. He has laid this path, and so they can't really see everything because there's just nothing but flames. So right. one guy gets fully set on fire, and he goes flying. And then another guy, through the flames, does not see a like thing, in the, like an obstacle on the road. And he hits it, and he goes flying over right. the front side of the bike. Right. Um, and that's where the Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream, scream right. comes exactly. in. Yeah. And then the final two, he gets behind them. And uh, then comes up, pulls the grenade right. in, right, uh, and flies past them. And they go, huh? And then they look at each other, and then kaboom! So there's a grenade on the bike, on the on the hydro bike. Yeah. So what? Okay. What? A, a lot of those bikes and stuff like that, like, um, have like a spe- for German bikes because they had like the the club style ones. Yes, yes, yes. They would they would have it like in like a side pouch because if you're driving, you can just reach. You can't behind. really. Yeah. You can't really have it, but if you 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 can reach behind. Uh, and actually what I think is, I think it's supposed to be done exactly like how he did it, but of course they don't see him pull it. Right. So what I think you do is I think you pull the pin with one hand and then pick it up and chuck it. Right. Cause if you go pull, pick, throw. Right. You get the PPT, full time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Points, um, points <laughs> right. per something. I forgot what that is in fantasy football, but anyway, so yeah. So what happens is he goes through, pulls the ring and then runs by, but like, of course I don't think they see that. And they're like, what is he doing? And then anyway, so yeah. So after the little wacky Endor moon fight, um, that happens here, 
Like, because, you know, the speeder bikes yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. It is very reminiscent of Star Wars. Yep. Especially because when someone gets launched from their bike, they do the Wilma Exactly, spin. yeah. And that brings us to your segment about the Wilma The Wil- Oh, God. The Wilhelm scream. And then he rocket launches his way into the thing. And then there's a self-destruct button, which I only realized was a self-destruct button on like the last time I watched it. Cause I'm like, is that a, like a autopilot for the bike or like what's going on? Um, I think it's, can I be honest with you? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I, Cause I think that it's the only way for it to stay upright. Yeah. 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 I think that it probably would fall over otherwise, but I think when he hits that, it basically shuts off like throttle yeah. and, and braking. Yeah. And basically, I think it probably has some sort of thing to keep it upright yeah. so that he can jump off and it will continue forward right. and knows that continue forward until you hit something, in which case, go boom. Go boom. Right. Cool. So if someone had stepped out and gone, hey, what's this bike doing? Boom. And then he's like, oh, I missed oh, the door. God. Um. I. Oh, man, that was Jim Morrison. So I hit one of the doors. But all right. So um, the Wilhelm scream, I said lots of Wilhelm screams in this one. And then I was like, I will uh, define what that is. Um, it's not the band. Um, I, I've never really listened to the band, the Wilhelm Scream. Um, yeah. So Wilhelm Scream is a <laughs> stock sound effect that has been used in a number of films, which is certainly saying something, and TV series. Beginning in 1951 with the film Distant Drums, the scream is usually used when someone is shot, falls from a great height, or is thrown from an explosion. The sound is named after Private Wilhelm, a character... Uh, in The Charge at Feather River, a 1953 Western in which the character gets shot in the thigh with an arrow. Mm -hmm. This was its first usage following its inclusion in the Warner Brothers Stock Sound Library. Although The Charge at Feather River is believed to have been the third film to use the effect, the scream is believed to be voiced by actor Sheb Woolley, which is the singer of the giant purple peep leader, uh, among other other things. I I wonder if he also did Wooly Bully because Wooly. Let me just look that up. Wooly Bully. Um, it has a funny name too, and I want to look that up too. I I thought I was going to write it down, but I didn't. Then end up doing Wooly Bully. No, uh, the the on like the on the can of the of the thing it says like, uh, man gets uh man screams and then is eaten by an alligator or something like that. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're you're definitely right though. It's um man getting bit by an alligator and he screamed. Yes. Is the is the full name. Yeah, soldiers wading through the swamp in the Everglades, one of them is bitten and dragged underwater by an alligator. Yeah, so that's the that's the line. Yeah. It's it's funny because it's basically like an inside joke among filmmakers because it doesn't sound it's weird to use the same, you know, stock sound. Right. In like these huge like Game of Thrones and and uh, you know um, like Star Wars uses them, um, you know The Incredibles, Toy Story, right? All these things. This whoa! Like I yeah. can't even do it. Like my whoa. voice doesn't. Yeah, there's wow. a there's a, a link here that. It it makes me also think of. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can figure out the name of it. Um. But it is a copyright-free stock scream uh, that is used in also a bunch of stuff. But it sounds like a woman mm-hmm. screaming. But you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about. Do you remember the classic 2002 film Spider-Man? Uh, I've where heard the it. green, where the Green Goblin is like secretly in the fire. 
yes, the building's yes. on fire. They're like, there's still someone up there, right? And he goes, and he's like, ma'am, I got to get you to the exit. And she, you see like someone in like a shawl, right? And right. he turns them around as just secretly the Green Goblin. Yeah. And it goes, Boya! It's that right. one. Right. So yeah. uh, um, if I can definitely put it in this episode because it's not copyright. It's right. against a stock to stock screen. But like yeah. it's been in so many things. And yeah. like makes me laugh every time though. Like just like the Wilhelm scream, every time I hear it, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I love that sound. And like it just it just, I don't I think it's because it, it, there is a nostalgia factor. Yeah. I think it makes you think about all the times you've heard it and you go, oh, I love that it, sound. It removes the artifice of the movie, it's like the opposite of suspension of disbelief. It's like a reintroduction of disbelief just for a moment. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. well, that's not how that guy sounded. That's the Wilhelm mm-hmm. scream or that's the, you know, goblin right. scream or whatever. There's a scene that you're going to cover coming up where they could have used Wilhelm screams and they didn't. And I kept expecting them to use Wilhelm screams and they didn't. And I kept being like, okay, so these are just what? Like, like normal screams? Like what's going on here? You know what? Okay. I can think of one of them specifically is in the the scene that we're going to record next. Yeah. It's not yeah. the next episode in this link. But, yeah. That's, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So <sighs> should I throw the kid in the river? Toss that kid into the river. Woo! Wow. Listen, folks, uh, if you want to find more about this show and more from us, go to at timeline scav on Twitter and Instagram and all those other places. Uh, and you can follow for more information on our show. If you'd like to find out more about the network that we're a part of, go to at scavengers net on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow me and talk about your favorite stock sound effects uh, at Colin M Parker. If people want to write to you, James, to talk about their favorite uh, weapons that can be, attached to uh, motorcycles, uh, where can they at you? Shoot those tweets on over to at Unabashed James and they will hit their target because they are heat seeking and I've got that weapons heat. That's it. That's it. That's the joke. Um, And Alex Orn brings a really good bit of banter and then gives it a second of nothing. Oh, so good. And Alex goes, uh-huh yeah <laughs> and it has to like kind of backpedal in a way or like he, it's almost like he gets scared of him he's like yeah, okay anyway so uh, yeah. let's move on <laughs> uh if you would like to talk to nick Rabald about british comedian and uh comic stuff and also maybe british music yeah. i don't know uh write to nick Bramald at n-b-r-a-m-a-l-d or nick Bramald composer.co.uk and in fact actually please only contact him if you're just like, hi, I need good music yeah. uh, for my podcast because I, I I hate when I make a joke that's like, go at this man. He's like, Why? don't don't bring me into this. Right. Um, but he makes the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of the show, and he's incredible. So uh, check him out. Uh, and that is going to do it for this episode. So thank you for joining us, and we will catch you all next time. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Excelsior.
little mama, let me whisper in your ear and tell you about the comedy podcast on Natural 20s. Do we really want to limit ourselves to just saying we're only a comedy podcast? You're right. We have a lot to offer, like intellectual conversations. Well, did you guys know Australia once lost a war entirely to emus? Do you think emus frown upside down because they're in Australia? Like they're below the equator? Yeah, duh. Health and fitness. Pasta is great, but you usually have a lot of extras, but have no fear. Thigh-warmed pasta is here. Plop the bag of leftover pasta on your thighs and eat those puppies like popcorn. We have microwaves. I have thighs. You know what? Actually, we can never decide what we're going to talk about, and that's why we leave the fate of each episode up to the rolls of a D20. So download Unnatural 20s on your favorite podcast app and roll with us every Monday. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven, community-focused, treasured content.